Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Gambles, bottom of the magical, stands in support, back to Tessie Gill. That's a beautiful drive for the Breakers. Strong catch from Farnworth. Oh, he's kept it alive and then socket it ahead by Gamble. It's over. This might be something extraordinary. Before the break for Brisbane, he's got it all paid off. Wow. Well, they're two origin players combined. Hello, Broncos fans, and welcome to this week's episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch, and we're joined on the line by our good friend, Simo. That's right, Simo is back. How are you doing, Simo? Oh, yeah, no, pretty good, eh? Yourself? Mate, life is good. The world (laughs) is good. The Broncos are winning. It feels like a bit of a throwback. You know, it feels like my youth again. (laughs) Some good uh, vibes around the place. Yeah, there is. There's a particular year it's feeling like. And uh, yeah, it's. I'm feeling fantastic, man. And we're both feeling so good that I've, I've, got, I've had you banging my door down for to podcast the last two weeks, mate. Let's not go too crazy. It was one message. Hey, there was two messages. <laughs> there was one, one last week and one this week. Well, that counts as banging my door down, mate. That's, that's desperation. That's a man who, who has... He's, the Kevolution is back. He's got the fever. Everything we've ever said in the past is wrong because the Broncos are good again. It's it's just amazing watching a team that can like do things. It, I don't even know if they're they're not even a great team. They're just like an average team at this point, but it's like just light years better than what we had. Yeah, mate. I think that's it. Like, you know, <laughs> unfortunately for those who who you know weren't at Magic Round or didn't try and catch up with us, Simo didn't make it to Magic Round. I did. Uh, we'll get Simo story story time. But I, what I, what I did learn, Simo, is that after I've, I've always been obnoxious at Broncos games, but after the period we went through, I might have it's been just... the most obnoxious person in Queensland from Friday to Sunday. I ruined about twenty seven conversations more, you know, about made them all about the Broncos. Kept telling people as everyone kept telling me it feels like two thousand and six again. Oh six vibes around it or whatever. Turn turn every conversation back into talking about Kevy and Selwyn Cobbo. And he offered a solution for something. Well, just tell people, wait, you just need a Kevin Walters in your lifetime. All these dumb shit. That was my entire weekend. And it was fantastic. You've got three years of obnoxious saved up that all came out the same weekend. Especially because it was 38 nil and it was over Manly. It was all perfect. And it was the start of the weekend. So I had a whole weekend at Gronk off. But unfortunately, you couldn't make it. And I haven't heard, like, you know, I got told why you couldn't make it. But how the fuck did you not make it? Well, part of it too, I'm like super annoyed about it because like i was there at the first one like obviously the very first one people knew magic round would be good but like i don't think people thought it would be this good of course. um 
but like I was there the first one and Frankie and a bunch of others, but like, we, yeah, we had a great time the first one. And so I've not missed any of them, but then, so this time I had tickets and I had accommodation booked, but then I just left like booking the flights just a bit late. So by the time I was looking at them a couple of weeks out, it's just so expensive. Mm, that'll um, happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, will that happen. does happen. Yeah. And then like, like I'd done the train before, which isn't too bad, but like, for some reason, the tilt train wasn't going back to Rockhampton after Magic Round, like there's rail works or something. So it was only going to Bundaberg. Yeah, it's just yeah. that was all painful. And I was like, yeah, what? It, like, I'm just going to drive it. We um, traded the Hilux in. So we've got a Camry hybrid now, which is like just amazing mm-hmm. on petrol. So the round trip driving to Brisbane and back was going to cost about $27. And so I was like, I'll just take the car. We'll just drive. So yeah, Friday morning I left here about three thirty in the morning, and I got to just north of Jinjin, which is about halfway, a bit bit less than halfway. And there's a river cross, like a flooded river crossing. And I was like, oh man, like I don't want to sit here all day. Mm. And then so I sat there for a bit, and then I was like, whatever, I'm going to walk down to where this river crossing is. I didn't realize how far I had parked away from it. It's about a two k walk in flip flops in the rain. Yeah, I got down there. There was um, water was still over the road. Half the road had been swept away. So I was, everyone was standing around talking. And it was just going to be ages before it got fixed. So I wasn't feeling super great. Some guy was just sitting in the, the flood waters, drinking tins at eight in the morning, living his best life. That guy. Um, yeah, so I just turned around, packed it up, went home, saved what I could of the Friday. But I checked also RACQ that night. At six o'clock. It was the road was still closed. So. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> At least, like, with the benefit of hindsight, I made the best decision I could. I was just a bit worried that, like, I'd go back to Rocky and then, like, two hours later, the road would be, like, opened up. But, you know, I, I wasn't getting to Brisbane that day. So, I was at that point, like, whatever, I watch it at home. And, yeah, just is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard the road, obviously. So, I got to Brisbane really early this year. I, got, I was in there, like, 8 a.m., you know, eight thirty or so, and of course on the cans already because that's what that's what you have to do. And I can't, I don't know what time of the day it was. Like I got told you were making it. I was like, this seems like the weirdest elaborate prank. It's like, what do you mean? What do you mean the bridge is underwater? I was like, what? <laughs> but no, it, it was um, it was obviously upset. We haven't caught up since last year's one, so it was, and uh, you know, it would be nice to have us both there gronking off together. But unfortunately, I had to do the job of two men. Yeah, ruined ruined well, as many weekends as I could on, on, on my own. And I have had reports that I've done. I did that successfully. So that's good to hear that I did piss enough people off that, <laughs> that they had enough. I, uh, it would have been great because I would. I was going to be staying with Benny, um, yeah. not Benny that does the podcast. Different Ben. Yeah. Um, and he was very much seeming on the like screw manly bandwagon. So it would have been a fun weekend hanging out with him and and celebrating these bron- this Broncos win. But yeah. We'll Mate, be down next year. To tell you, the other fellows who are around the Broncos too, which is rare. I've never been used to my mates who aren't Broncos fans ever enjoying a Broncos win, but they were in the occasion. You I know, think part so, of that definitely is manly. Like people do manly. not like manly. They don't. But anyway, it was a um, it was a fantastic win, and we'll get to that. But I thought we may as well swing back because we don't cover this much. But the last time we podcasted, me and Benny podcasted, and we're like, "Fuck, is this the same fucking team?" Essentially, it was the last time we podcasted. Like, we are bad in the same ways. Nothing seems to have changed. 
You know, we we jagged those first couple of the wins, then got trounced by the Cowboys, lost terribly to the Warriors and blew the game against the Roosters and then stayed in for half the game and beat Penrith. And that all feels like the same team, just slightly better, you know, as it was last year. And in the in the time since, we've won four in a row, which is our biggest winning streak since uh, like round, what is it, from round six to round 11 in 2017. I, I would have guessed the year before that, but no, that's, that's Wayne's last year. Sorry, second last year in 2017. We did that. Um, and... It was obviously the win over the Bulldogs didn't change anyone's opinion. You know, nice to beat the Bulldogs, but it's the Bulldogs. Over the Sharks, I, we spoke about now in the in Boom Rookies Discord weeks earlier. We we're gonna we all thought we we're gonna beat the Sharks at Suncorp, even though they came all that hype. So it didn't change that much for me. But when we beat South last week, I'm like, wait, holy fuck, are we actually good? <laughs> like, are we actually good, good? And then this weekend going before the game again, telling everybody we're going to Broncos 13 plus is back, telling everyone in sight we're going to win by 13 plus. Also telling them all to bet on Herbie to score four tries. Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> but then they couldn't get four tries on the bookies. I said, you got to call the bookies. <laughs> you got to get on the phone <laughs> get up and get a market. You'll all get it later. Uh, anyway, um, that ga- before that game, but I was legitimate confident, right? When we used to say that dumb shit, we were confident that we'd win every week. I went into this game confident. They sell when Cobo scores that try after 80 seconds. And I'm like, holy fuck, we're going to win. And I haven't had that feeling. And I don't think I had that feeling even in the little run in 2017. Because in that run in 2017, if you remember back to this little run, we like just beat the Titans, beat Roosters by one, you know, just beat Penrith. Like it wasn't a convincing run. And that 2017 season was the people were starting to get off way a bit anyway. Again, I haven't felt that confidence since that early run in 2016. And fuck, it feels good to feel like that. I don't know about you. So thinking back, I, like, I don't know when I stopped believing in our defense. Um, yeah. I don't know. I can't really, like, pinpoint, like, that week. I, like, stopped thinking we could defend. But it definitely never happened when Seabold was there. And it hasn't happened until about three weeks ago. Whereas, like, now, like, Rabbitohs, aren't great they have they didn't throw much at us sharks much the same and manly as well but like also part of that is the defense is making them not look good as well like yeah i I, these teams you know it's not penrith and it's not the storm so it's not like they've had everything thrown at them but what that has been thrown at them i haven't even been worried about conceding six again on our line because i feel like we are going to defend it and not let in a try mate yeah, and what you mentioned there, I used to panic when we get penalised, mate, because we were such bad defensively. I was like, fuck, they're going to score this set. And it happened more often than not. And same with seven tackle sets, and that's kind of gone. And I know we trounced Manly and they had some injuries, but the last few weeks before that, you know, we held them to nil and, you know, they beat, they put 36 on the Tigers, whatever. But even when they got thumped by the Rabbitohs with, with 12 men, they scored 22 points. They scored 22 points after the Sharks you know, went up 30 on the first half. They put 26 on the Titans. They put 30 on the Knights, 25 on the Raiders. Like they, they'd still been scoring points. As much. They've been finding ways to score points, even in these losses. Yeah. And not once this weekend did they look close to scoring points. The best run they had the entire night was Marty Tapao's little shitty line break. But like, you know, Tessie New took him down. Sorry, Tamari Martin took him down one on one. Tessie New's dead to me. They never said that never said that again. <laughs> but, but Tamari Martin took um, him down one on one. And I think that's also part of it, by the way. I think there's zero coincidence 
that since T's been back at fullback, our defence looks more organised and better. I think there's no coincidence. Yeah. I mean, talking on him too, the other time Manly looked close was when Tommy Turbo almost scored off that kick. Um, yeah. And then he was there and then Billy Walters was there. And, like, they stopped that try. But, like, from week one of Seabold until about three weeks ago, I think if that happened on any of those games for, like, four years at this point, that's a try. Like, I, yeah. we just never stopped that. We but don't. they did. And and the forwards have always put in in this team. They always have. And we've been left down the last couple of years by the, the terrible play elsewhere. And what a difference it is, mate. Like, that's been the other major thing that's changed since we had that really bad start of the season. Like, we've obviously seen guys like Kurt Capewell of his calves got better and he's warmed into the season. Ricky's playing better too. But the main thing that's changed, mate, is what a difference. Like, I feel like this is – and every, every fan goes this at some point, unless you're like a storm fan. But when you have a really – when you have a competent spine player, you don't really appreciate competence until you have incompetence. I'm not even saying good either. I'm saying competent. Yeah, And like, I wouldn't call Tamari Martin a great fullback or maybe even a good fullback, just a decent fullback, but he's competent. And without Turpin, Billy Walters does really dumb shit, but whatever. Corey Pake's service is competent. And then Reynolds is good. And the difference that has made to this team, like they've grown a leg in the last four or five weeks, mate. How like in the start of the season, someone called looked like a reserve great footballer. You know, he made like, what is it? 19 errors through three or four games. And, you know, he, even when he was chasing Reynolds' kicks, he was like, he was literally like 10 metres too deep. And, you know, he's improved in that time. But, like, once you just get in the, the contest, the battle, and then those key decision makers just do their job, holy fuck, what a different sport team it is. It's like a different sport we're playing now. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that when we've gone from the previous fullback we had... <laughs> The new he shall not be named. Um, He was disgusting this season. I don't think it's a coincidence at all that when you've gone from that to again, I don't think it's a he's a good fullback either. Like he's a five out of ten player who's playing fullback. That's what I think he is. I I think he's literally like five out of ten fullback, and just having that there in Tamari Martin. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence. The the last four performances we've put in have been that much better with him there. They have been. And then, you know, we're making, making less mistakes at the back. <laughs> we're hot, standing, all of a sudden, we're winning, like the other thing, we'd win winning in early, earlier this year and when we win last year, we like never had possession. We'd win, but we'd always be like, we'd always, we've always had less possession in the competition because we can't hold on to the fucking ball. And what a shock the last couple of weeks. We had 60% possession against Manly. We made 800 more meters in them. We roll, we made like 11 more meters per set than them. We just rolled down the field. It's like just beautiful to see. And then, you know, guys like, like Corey Oates is, I mean, no one believes he's not 30. Somehow still only 27, but he's wound the clock back. And he's one of the very few players that me or you never gave up on. We gave up on a lot of these players. And but Corey Oates is one of those guys that a lot of Broncos fans have given up on a long time ago. And I don't think I realized how much I would have hated Corey Oates leaving and playing this well again until Corey started playing like this again, because for all his fault to being the being goofy dumb idiot, Corey's always like, he's never really said a bad word at Brisbane, right? He's always slogged his guts out. And even when he's made mistakes, he's just in a bit of bad form. But like, he loves every try he scores. And I've realized being back in form now, how much I enjoy seeing Corey Oates score tries. Yeah. Like, and I love that. And like, he's only a couple tries away from more than Dell. But, you know, he's like 40 or 50 tries away from. Uh, ran off, 
And I know last couple of years we said I'll probably lose, not, not like losing anyone here wouldn't really upset me, but losing Corey Oates after he's got back in his form would kill me because he's just he's murdering it again. He's got he's third in meters in the comp, mate. I don't know why I hadn't noticed that. But he's third in meters in the comp. He's got he's got nine. What's he got? Nine tries in ten games, and like starting our sets amazingly now. He's just back. What happened? Yeah, see, I don't think I ever really went off him because. To me, he was still like still. always capable of this, but like he just seems like an extreme confidence player. Like when he, like you'd see when he'd yeah. drop a ball early in a game and then you're like, well, that's just going to be a bad game from him now. Like he just seems to play really good or really bad based on like that confidence. So I always just figured like it would come back eventually. Yeah, I'm with you. And it really fired me up in preseason. Anytime someone thought Pereira was taking his job, it's like, no, you're stupid. Like, no, like, like Corey Oates is just, I don't care. Corey Oates is a better player than Jordan Pereira, you know? And they've gone through the fucking round of the last couple of years. They went through, he wanted to play back row and then whatever last season. And I, I'm with you, it was a confidence guy. And it wasn't, I always get off guys who like just, you know, bad footballers or flawed footballers who don't really seem to care or make a lot of mistakes. But Corey Oates making mistakes, like dropping bombs, it happens. You know, and you go through, and good and bad wings go through those periods. Corey Oates was rarely making really glaring mistakes. You know, he wasn't like Shibasaki in it. He was never getting opportunities the last couple of years. But that's why his try scoring dropped up, dried up. But he looks a lot better now with any sort of confidence going. But, um, and, you know, the whole back on Herbie's been great. Katoni, you know what I'm enjoying? Was, by the way, Bung, uh, sorry, Simo, we're playing so well that I haven't heard give it to Stags for about four weeks. <laughs> so, oh, like, because that was going to solve all our problems. Apparently, he's throw the ball at him. Yeah, well, now it's just give the ball at Adam Reynolds because that man's magic. Yeah. But that's what like, I don't, I don't even know if Stags is like, he's not a standout in that back line. You what Oates, Farnworth, and Cobo? Like, he's not better than any of those at the moment. They're all like playing great. Yeah, and Stags is playing really well <laughs> defensively, and he's really like setting the tone doing that. And that's the thing that really annoys you when you get heap hearing don't you? I'll just give it to X, Y. It's like, no, this is a fucking team sport. Katoni's doing his job, you know? He's been smashing opposition centers, ruining other team attacks, whatever. And then whatever. There's other guys in the team that can score points. And I'm with you. I can still never decide who's better, Herbie or Katoni. But Herbie never didn't really get his credit till now he's off contract. But yeah, that was annoying. It's kind of gone away. He's been really good. Cobo might be the weirdest footballer of my lifetime, like not in a bad way, but like he has shown such improvement in such a short period. doesn't make any sense. Like, like I said, he couldn't, he was getting his kick chases wrong for the first four or five weeks. You know, he's doing dumb shit, like trying try to run around people the first few weeks and getting dragged into touch. And he stopped doing it in like three weeks. <laughs> like usually that young guy shit stays there for a while. He just stopped doing it. I was like, what the fuck, man? Um, you're talking about you like seeing Corey Oates score tries, but like Ooh, baby. Selwyn Cobo, like he looks like he's enjoying life more than anyone on the planet when he scores a try. Yeah. I just, I, it just makes you like happy on the inside. Well, we, that's all we that. get. So we, we know he, he grew up a Broncos fan, right? And he's a Broncos fan. And he's only he scored seven tries this year, and he's only scored in three games. So they've all come in batches, and a lot of men on the counter attack. So, um, you know, I wouldn't say he's actually. You know, had a lot of those really standout individual tries. Like long field sprints, great. Kick chasing is great. But God, he makes him feel like every try was special. 
Yeah. Like after he, the way he celebrates, you feel like, man, that must have been the best try. I <laughs> wasn't that. This is, this is a random side topic, but the first one he scored against Manly, and then he, yeah. I forget who it was, but he steps over somebody. Ruben Garrick. Oh, I've yeah. watched it like a hundred times, and I don't know how he doesn't like knee him in the face. Like his he leg, he, he just, right. just avoids it. I mean, Ben Tavoyevich looks like he got kneed in the face. But. Yeah, he does. But, yeah, we, we all those backs, like we know all those guys have had talent and we've always heard the ridiculous things about Selwyn and Herbie and whatever. And it's, it's really going to suck if we lose some of those guys now. I, I don't think Selwyn's going anywhere. And I got to – actually, I'll mention this first. I got to ask a question on the weekend because I honestly think – I thought there was no market for Corey Oates. And if he went to the Dolphins, it would be whatever, some friendly deal for them. You know, because he had his player option last year, took it up when no one else offered him more money. But I asked the question, it was like, someone asked him the weekend, are you worried about losing Corey Oates? And honestly, I didn't think that was in the range of outcomes. I was like, what do you mean? Like, he's going to stay. Why would he leave? He's like, oh, he's playing really well. Someone might pay him. And it didn't click to me that actually, I forget, rugby league teams are so stupid that like they were off him for two years, but someone might actually pay him. <laughs> you know, I know. I think he'll stay. I'm not thinking worry about too much about it, but I don't want again, I don't like spending my time worrying about losing these guys, but it's more it sucks that if we get all this finely humming in the back line and to lose two of them now fucking it'd do my head in. The problem with like rugby league teams is some of them have probably noticed that he's playing well again. Yeah. And the rest of them probably never noticed that he stopped playing well. <laughs> yeah, still thinking mate. about him from two years ago. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And then if you go and pay him, like if you go and pay Corey now and send him somewhere down south, he'd probably suck. But, yeah. Um, I hope he stays around a teamish friendly deal. Herbie, that one's going to kill me because we've been Herbie fans on this podcast for years and just a weirdly unique player. And I heard on the t- TV earlier today, um, I think Kevy might be gaslighting him and I'm okay with it. He's, he's mentioning, oh, we've had a, yeah, we've had a few chats with Herbie that he might play fullback. You know, maybe maybe if he stays around in the season, he might get a shot. He's like, oh, maybe, you know, if we're the preseason next year. If he signs an eight-year extension. <laughs> I was like, mate, I was like, Kevy, I love your work. You tell him. You tell him whatever the fuck you need to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> you take him in those, you, you know, one four in a row. You're like, listen, Herbie, mate, round one fullback next year, potentially. Here's a contract. Listen, mate, Dolphins haven't won four in a row this year, so. I have not. They have not, but we got to talk about. Um, let's talk about one one half first. Tyson Gamble still does my head <laughs> in good and bad ways. I um I was having a chat with my brother before the Manly game, and because he's he's like, oh man, Tyson Gamble's been doing good, and it's, I just was like, no, like Tyson Gamble has been so bad, and I just like we're talking about it for a bit, but I was just bashing Tyson Gamble, and then Tyson yeah. Gamble went and played how he did against Manly, and then of course I'm just getting text from my brother about it. So he was actually really good in this game with the ball. Yeah, of Manly. course he was. After I yeah. said what I thought, yeah. well, he, he can't pass, mate. You know, I'm a big concern, but I heard him talk after the game with with Joey in the shed. So I always try and watch all the post match videos, even when we suck. I try and watch like the presses and the in- dressing room interviews and whatever. And um, he said like. And he's pretty self-aware. They asked him, oh, yeah, what's it like playing Adam Reynolds? He's like, oh, it's pretty, pretty good. I don't have to do anything. He's like, <laughs> I just sit over here and Reynolds plays both sides and, you know, I get the ball and I do things sometimes. So, yep, <laughs> he knows. And to be honest, like that's always – we've been to this before in the past, but that's always we've wanted alongside these, some of these guys in the past. You just want someone who just does their job. But the thing that doesn't hit him with Tyson is that he doesn't often – like often he doesn't do that. Often he tries to do more than he should. 
Mm. Um, when he plays like this game, perfectly fine with it, and he was pretty good. But uh, Who he's was, um... like, we can cop him for now. We'll just have tied over till good halves there, defending okay, aggression. Be fine. Who was the half? I think it might have been Blake Green at the Storm when they talked him to him about playing with Cooper Cronk, and he's yeah, like, it was. "Oh, I stand on my, on my side, side of the I field. Call for the ball. And when we have more players than they have on my side of the field, I call for the ball. Like, yes." <laughs> Yeah, is that that energy right now? Just Adam exactly doing everything. But um, I we'll get to the, we'll talk about the big dog now. Uh, is he already in contention for one of the club's greatest ever signings, Adam Reynolds? Like I don't know, we don't have too many like exactly big signings. We don't. That's why it's that's why I don't. It's a ridiculous thing to say. Like. We get great players, but like, yeah, most of them are usually come through the junior system. I mean, you can do that when you have like ten thousand yeah. players contracted when they're sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, it's like when you they do the players poll, and someone like Teddy is like, "Oh yeah, I'd, like I always love to go play for the Broncos or whatever." Like players always say that it's the big club, it's the team people want to play for. But like. Mm. There's not very often you go out. There's like Ben Barber was one of the big ones. Like Milford was fairly. He had a good season at Canberra, but like he wasn't a superstar at that point. Yeah. I mean, I went through it in my head earlier today. So we're not going to count people who joined when the, after just around club formation, really. That doesn't really count. So, like, I'm not going to count the Walterses, for example. Uh, but like Glenn Lazarus, you know, he might be one. Gordy. When we got him from from the Dragons, Falau, uh, yeah, Falau, but Falau, you know, the two years probably counts against him. Yeah, Brad Thorne coming back, but we already had him. Yeah, I don't know. Thorne and like, Carroll coming back—that's a bit that, that doesn't count. If that doesn't count. Yeah. Hodges doesn't count either. So yeah, I like, mean, it, like it kind of counts, but kind of doesn't at the same time. Yes, yeah, so you're already dealing with like that. That's pretty much like it. <laughs> you know, like, Lazarus, Lazarus is probably probably the one. So, yeah, and obviously he needs to get playing on this for longer, but he's well on the trajectory because, again, people try to tell me on the weekend, I wouldn't believe it, he's playing career best footy. Fuck everyone who tells me he's played better before. I don't care. I mean, he might have played as good as this before. I don't think he's yeah. played better than this. Neither. Like, I don't think so either, mate. Like he's played different and his role's different at South. This is the first time in his career, in my opinion, where he's taken that real, real ownership of a team. He was he always owned South, but he was never the primary, you know, the setup man, the primary ball hander in the sense of like trying to score points and similar. Like he has got like attacking flair in his game right now that he wasn't using at South. You know, he wasn't scoring chip and chase tries every few weeks at South. You know, just, he wasn't scoring to their good wingers, that kicking to the good wingers. They didn't have any. They had Alex Johnston and whoever else. I don't think he <laughs> knew what a chip and chase was, but you can just guarantee it. Broncos training. All it is is Kevy and Alan Langer saying, "Yeah, chip and chase." Like that's what we yeah. used to do. <laughs> Worked in the nineties, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and you know he's already got and the, the try assists are a dumb number, right? They always they don't mean much, but at least what, what already he has he has eleven, right? He had he's already got a bit more than his last two years. He had 12 in 2019 when they scored 25, when he played 25 games. He had 12 the year before, 13 before that, 13, 10. His career high is 19 in his second year. In his first three years, he had 17, 19, 17, and then he never beat 13 in that period. He'll have more than 13 tries this by tomorrow night for us, right? 
Yeah. And again, they don't mean everything, but all I'm saying is he's he's playing different footy. He's carrying a high attacking load for us. And I, I, I'd put a lot of money that he'd beat his, his career high of 19 of the season this year. Like he might have that in the next 10 games. He might have that tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. But yeah, he's just um, the first few weeks. Again, he can't change everything on his own. First few weeks, you saw the good sign and the team wasn't, you know, he'd have good kicks, but we, we would drop the ball and do silly shit and not go with him. But they've gelled so fast the last few weeks and winning makes a massive difference as well. But they've oh, gelled yeah. so well the last few weeks and he's been fabulous. And having a kicking game again, man, like we always knew Milford could kick, but half his kicks didn't have any intention ever. Like he, he just kicked the fucking shit out of a bomb. Work out sometimes. Almost every single Reynolds kick seems to have some some intent behind it. It's just, yeah, it, uh, you can tell. You just look at it, and it's just better kicking game than I've seen in forever for Broncos. Yeah, um, I think it's amazing. I forget who I was talking to. We we're talking about the Adam Reynolds signing, and like they're saying, you know, like if you get three years out of it, like how good would that be, kind of thing. And it's like imagine six. Yeah, but they're saying, like, imagine if somebody signed Darren Lockyer, say, after 2008, and then you got 9, 10, and 11 out of Darren Lockyer. Like, that would be, it's a ridiculously good signing once you can, you know, you can see that. And, like, at this point, we're nine, week, nine weeks into it. But yeah, if you get three of those kind of years like out that. of him, like, man. It's, it's, it's kind of like how, like, like, Lockyer almost had three of his best seasons those last three years that you're talking about. He was fantastic in those last three years. And even, like, you know, Cronk, when he went to the Roosters, it was more in his game there. And I think there is potential for Reynolds to put together a two or three years of, of the best years of his career. You know, I know he's old, but his game does not rely on athleticism. No, you know? it's not like you've got, like, an Anthony Milford type half where they do rely on quickness and step and... Yeah. Like their physical talents, like his is yeah. a lot more in the head. Like you know, like Cooper Cronk was. They're not take breaking tackles and brute force that making things happen. Yeah, and he's been fabulous defensively, like yeah. just fantastic defensively. And that whole right edge is it. it we've we've bitched about this for years, man. It comes from the inside, and people would always not blame like guys like Brody or similar when our defense would collapse. It's like what a shock. That like guys like Stags and Cobbo all of a sudden making much better decisions when the defense inside them is much better. Like you know, Stags' confidence is inside man. So he does they do shoot out a lot, but they often get their man, and it's been working a lot for us because not many teams actually play the rushing defense anymore. So I'm happy with that. Um, I don't want to bother going through all the forwards individually because all those guys have been good forever. Uh, but I do want to go to a guy I owe about 14 apologies to. And Pat Carrigan, who's... I think we can skip this part. <laughs> the, the apologies? Yeah. Mate, no, like, <laughs> fuck, he's been good. Like, yeah. A, a different footballer, mate. An entire different footballer who was in the past. He's thrown, like, six or seven offloads, which isn't, isn't that a, a large amount. But from a dude who never offloaded, it's a large amount. Like, more efficient in his carries, playing a little less minutes as well as we always wanted to. Like, looks athletic. Looks like he can move. It's like... How can we? How can tearing your ACL be the best thing to happen to your career? Apparently, it's the best thing having a Paddy Carrigan. It's like time off, time away, time to think. Made him a much better footballer. Yeah, I like. 
I don't get it. I, yeah, I just he, he's basically become the player that everybody else was telling us he was, and it's yes. just happened. And I think it's it's happened again after tearing his ACL and then it is MCL and he still played well. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I just I don't have much else for it. Like it just is bizarre. Mate, like, he should play for Queensland this year, and I would never thought I'd say that about him. Like, you know, I thought he'd end up playing for Queensland in his career because he was just good numbers and got people rated him. But he actually has impact behind his numbers this year. Has a bit of ball playing. Like an entirely different player than than what he was. And I read in my my mate Nick (laughs) Camp interviewed him in the off-season. And they said all these things. And I've been so sick of hearing them say things that were going to change. You know, Pat saying he was watching guys pass. You know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, mate, you, why weren't you doing that last year? You know, it sounds like bullshit that you all of a sudden one you decide to, to learn how to pass. But it fucking happened. The hell. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Payne Haas is, fan, is fantastic. I think Ricky's still Ricky, defending better, but whatever. Uh, Kate Wells has been really good the last few weeks. Bond about 40 tries. So he's really replaced Alex Glenn fantastically. <laughs> Uh, that one, the one at the start of the Manly game, uh, I don't know how you don't score that, honestly. I don't know either. Yeah. And I really wanted 40, so he did rob me of that. And then the referees robbed Kobe, Cody of his. That was a, that was, that, that was shithouse. I'd like, I just think if it goes to the, the video ref like that, nobody stops to just like, is this just a loose carry? Like they're trying yeah. to look for like which fingernail brushed the ball in what direction. And it's like, he was running by, he just like slapped at it. He wasn't like attempting a real that, strip. I know. It's like people will tackle like that all the time because you're trying to wrap. And if the ball comes out, it might hit you. But like, is like, and he's sprinting, but he can't actually make a proper tackle from how far away he is from the guy running. He's just like throwing an arm out and the ball's popped out. It's just a loose carry. Exactly, whatever, and we missed that try. But yeah, Capo, I thought it's been pretty. He's really improved over the last few weeks. Um, and another one, not apology too, but I tell you what, how the fuck did Ben Iken know Corey Jensen was good at rugby league? Because there was no, there was no evidence of it. <laughs> there wasn't any. <laughs> there was zero evidence. He played like a decade at the Cowboys. Had never started, you know, and, and never really been a big, a big impact player, you know. Round three, he came off the bench. He, did, he goes, didn't even play round four when we had all of our forwards fit for one a rare game. Shoot forward two weeks. He guns it against Penrith and has been sensational since. Who the fuck is this player? I, d- I don't know. <laughs> like if he keeps this football up for the rest of the year, I didn't believe he would. But if he did, he, he'd be near the signing of the season discussion for mine because he'd be, he'd be on like 150K. Yeah. He'd be on absolute pittance. But who the fuck? I don't know who that is. Uh, and yeah, who else we talk about? And I've got oh yeah, Kobe Hetherington, love affair, still there. Yeah, uh, that guy's he, awesome. He is great. I'm yeah, just I like watching him play. I know some people that like know him from up here, so they're always yeah. talking about Kobe. And it's like, yeah, it's really good to see how good he's how well he's playing, mate. And he's a t- he's intent with his defense and the way the way he carries the ball is so weird, but he's such a dominant ball carrier despite being slender. He's an awesome player. He's he can, awesome. he can like, this is going back to the South yeah. game, but he can put a hit on too. That one on Cam Murray, yeah. like ended his, to. ended his game. Like after that, everyone was putting shots on him. Like Adam Reynolds laid out Cam Murray after that too. Like, it, but it was just, and then, well, there was that really good camera angle too from under the, the 
the crossbar, but just run out of the line and just smacked him. Yeah. And there's another guy who's been really good off the bench. And one, I know I defended for too long, but even I was sick of him. Tom Flegler, that is. But it was like, I'd always given him a bit of a pass. He was doing a lot of dumb young forward shit, like dumb high tackles, dumb late hits and stuff. But he was like a 20-year-old prop that we just like throw through into starting and playing 60 minutes a week. And obviously some guys can do it, but he just felt like one of those guys that needed more time. And I honestly was going to be, I would have, wouldn't have given a shit to let him go. And I still wouldn't care that much if I lost him. But, you know, we've, these are one of those things as Broncos fans, the few things we've played out, you know, in our imaginary teams, you know, and one of the things a lot of us have wanted for years is Flegler to come off the bench. And he's been so much better off the bench. So much better. And when thing and you know, things are rolling well and he comes on, it's, it's a bit of a difference to when like when he's fuck knuckling it from the start, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's been great. Uh TC's been good when he's filled in. We'll talk about the hookers and we'll actually move on a little bit more. Uh still not in love with the nines. Uh Corey Pakes does his job, you know. Another one, not a shock that the guy I've been calling what we've been calling for for ages once they got their shot. The Corey's defense isn't great. He gets steamrolled a bit, but his service is crisp. It's in front of his halves. And there's absolutely no shock that when he comes on the field, we generally score points, you know? And Tur- but Turpin was reported fake as injured, you know, a few weeks ago, has played Queensland Cup and nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> not even the media. <laughs> nobody cares he's not playing anymore because, like, you know, Corey's in his job. And Billy. Because we're winning. Yeah, exactly. And Billy's Billy's weird, man. Like I I'd, I'd, I'd love I'd honestly I'd rather play Turpin there for for thirty minutes because Billy Billy does that stuff, mate. Like he tries too much to influence the game when he's not good enough at it, in my opinion. Anyway, like there's always when he when he's darting too often, like Mitch Rain type of stuff, you know. He thinks he's better than what he is, and you know makes every week he's away a penalty or two. But when you're winning and he's only playing thirty five minutes, it's hard to complain too much. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know if he was not the coach's son, if he'd still be playing. He wouldn't be, mate. I don't think so. I don't think so. He's just, yeah, he's erratic as well. But, yeah, I'm sure to bite us in the ass at some point. But this look, we're probably too down on the boys five weeks. So I'm too high on them now. Like, it's like, I don't know if it's real. I believe it's real that we're actually good and we'll make the finals. But it just feels weird that all these things we thought the team could be seems to be happening really fast out of nowhere. Well, like we've we've been saying for years, basically, like the forwards are great. The forwards are great. There's decent outside backs, except for like the fullback. Yeah. And we just needed like a great halfback to run the team. (laughs) And then basically that's is what that is what's happened, but it's happened faster and probably better than I thought it would. Um, yeah, 100% makes. So I didn't think they were going to have the balls to move on from Turpin. They were still using Walters. And then Tessie would still be playing if if he was fit, despite how shit he was playing. They seemed committed to that. But it's like, yeah, it happened so quick once we got like a good seven, a competent one, and, and, a, and an okay service. It's weird. Who, who knew if you had a decent pass to your world-class seven, seven that yeah. you could score tries? And I, it's and it's fun a lot of those things, mate. We've bitched about it for years, but it's actually like when you have really good talent of forwards and similar. And that's why we also thought Kevy could, when he first got there, we didn't want Kevy as the coach. Everyone knows that. Don't we? Don't, no, everyone knows he's not in the world's sharpest mind. But we thought, you know, get the right players together, 
when you've got a dominant pack, it's a simple fucking game, you know, and some talent yeah. outside backs. And we've just seen that the, the last few weeks. And it just feels weird because, you know, lots of things we bitch about. Even two weeks ago when there was injuries, you know, in the past, even early in the year when we had an edge forward injured, instead of playing TC on the edge, Kevy played Keenan Paliasea. And in the past when you've had um, Haas out or similar, Carrigan just played 13 anyway. But, you know, one week he put TC on the edge, Carrigan prop, Kobe 13. And it's like, are we just finally started doing the right thing? <laughs> like what changed? I don't know. See, but then with also with Kevy, I'm not convinced if you have two bad losses, he doesn't just yeah move everybody into a different position. Well, mate, he was like, that's yeah, that's no lies. The full panic was engaged in early in the season. It was like they were doing the shuffling again, and but mate, actually winning four in the trot first on the wall relieves some things. But I also think like that from the players when you they haven't won for so long. They've improved so much with just how much they're enjoying winning. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, and you know, it's really easy to do this stuff, but it's the first time in years, mate, I've looked at the draw and gone, fuck, we can win this and this and this and this, you know, like if you look now, we got the Knights this week, Titans next week. Then a bye. Bye. Then we have Canberra. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, we do play Storm. But, you know, we can realistically think that team could, could go on a, a you know a seven game winning streak before that storm game. Yeah, and then you get the extra points from the bye too. You do, and then we play Cowboys, which you know they're quite good now out there. But then there's another one: Dragons, Titans, Eels, Tigers. Like you know, we could we could lock up finals before round 23, 22, You know, if we keep playing as we are now, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But it's the first time in years I've looked back at the draw and gone, "Fuck, we might." Like, who's going to stop us by the storm? <laughs> you know? Yep. That's, you know, that's some 06 vibes right there. It is, mate. 06, 100% 06 vibes around the joint up there, mate. I might have said that 4,000 times on a weekend, and I'm going to keep saying it. Um, should we, is there anything else we'll talk about, Brisbane, before we go to, I reckon questions will cover a lot of this stuff for us. Questions you know, just, probably just, cover a lot of what we've already talked about too. It's but. fine. It's, it's good. We're just, you know, just chatting shit. We haven't got a format much anymore because we don't talk, talk, we don't speak enough. Well, it's um, a, a, a opening up. I've got a folder on my desktop of bookmarks, which is like all Broncos weekly. And I just normally go through and like open all of them up at the start. Mm. One of them is obviously the old run sheet. And I, I was just reading through it and it's like, we had links to articles and it written out and like notes written in. And then this week you put six bullet points on the Discord DMs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would have, like, I do these articles still. If, if they, I thought there was an article worth linking, I had a look, but not really. Because like the funny thing is, mate, that's winning right now. All of a sudden, we're not talking about much of the next Bronco. We're not talking about much speculation. Yeah. Which is great. And um, winning solves a lot of problems and hopefully it keeps going so we can help us retain some players for, for once and then maybe help us recruit one or two as well. But uh, I'm at the point now, I'm just, I've gone from not, not, not liking this team much to the love up so fast. So I'm just sign them all, all the boys, just sign them all. They can all stay. <laughs> uh, uh, righto. From start on Facebook, as always, from Stuart. Should we enter the race for Matt Burton if we could sign him for his current price of 500k instead of chasing Munster for a million and put that money into fullback or a hooker? Thoughts? 
Well, um, I mean, well, the race my, only exists because he wants more money. My yeah, my first thought is Burton is going to be paid a million minimum. There's no way he gets paid less than a million. He might get 800k at worst. You know, uh, uh, no interest. Yeah, I mean, I I really like Matt Burton, but he's he's going to get paid. Like, yeah. What did Caelan Palmer get paid? Over a million, like 1.1 or whatever. But no, I just don't. Like, I'm not saying we rely on Ezra, ma'am, but we have a 5A who's playing well right now. He's just playing fullback. Like, I'd rather... That's, for once, going cheap. That was that was wrapping Icon as well again. I know people asked the question last podcast, like, what has he been doing? It's like, well, the Tamari Martin signing, when it happened, we loved it because it was zero risk. You know, it didn't work out, whatever, cost us nothing. And now it's worked out. They might pen him cheaply. Um, yeah, I'd much rather run with Tamari and maybe Ezra comes through and takes the job well, than pay Burton 800K at this point. Because if we want to fix our hooker position up, keep some of the other fellas, and maybe inside a fullback, as you said, it's going to cost us that money. The thing to, like, I've, I've said a bit how I don't, didn't like throwing young players in super early and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. That it, I, I feel it's way worse when the team is terrible. But 100%, mate. If, if you've got a team like this, like the 06 vibes they have, and you've got Adam Reynolds, and then you put in a young 5'8 to play beside Adam Reynolds in a really good team, mm-hmm. it's just a completely different situation. Like, and, exactly right. And that, Tyson Gamble's just red cordial Shane Perry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. no, but, you know, 100%, like you're right. I didn't want to throw young fellas in when the team was doing shithouse. But I honestly think, say if Tyson Gamble got injured next week, I'd play Ezra because the situation's different. It's been 10 plus weeks. We're winning. And you the, come in to a team that's winning on the roll. You just you just stay on the edge and do your job. If like if he made his debut, there were there's literally zero expectations on him in that side. Whereas if you go put him in halfway through last season and you're on the back of losing four games in a row and you're the next great player and you're making your debut. That's all of the pressure on you, all of the expectations. Yeah. Exactly. But now it's just the guy making his debut. Uh, from Rowan, any same game multi tips? Well, I can't officially give those. <laughs> My multi tip is uh, the margin of 53 points. Yeah. But, um, uh... Corey Oates. Oh, I heard me four tries. Yeah, it's due now. Yeah, <laughs> it's due. Well, you just think, like, a vet, like, at some point in his career, right, he's going to score four yeah. tries. Like, why not this it, week? It should happen. If it didn't happen last week, it's now more likely to happen this next week. That's so, how math works. That is, that's how stats work, actually. That is, is. like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the Knights, they've, of course, they do, but they have Gagai back this week, uh, Tyson Rizel's back. Uh, have Milford Anthony in. Milford's back. They've improved a little, but yeah, you know, uh, if I, okay, give it, give me a tip. Let's go. Selwyn Cobbo double again, just that kicking game. And who, I'm trying to think who else we can give one to. Yeah, just do that and a, and a Herbie double too. Why not? I think on Milford, yeah. I can only see it going one of two. I mean, <laughs> Two but, of one ways. Like, <laughs> like right, how smart it's going to go one of two ways. Like yeah. he does well or he does bad. Like, wow, that's so yeah. deep. But like, I can't see him just being like average. He's either going to be 
the greatest anything Milford you've ever seen and revenge game covers up or he's going to, there's going to just be a thousand Facebook messages of like, that's why we got rid of that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we'll beat them, but I would have much rather he'd come in when they had the 17 they had about two weeks ago. It would have been terrible then. Now it's like they've got a pack that can kind of compete. They're all pretty fit. They've got their back line back together. You know, not much of it, not much chaos as there was. You know who they don't have though? Who? Adam Reynolds. That's the correct. And also Kevin Walters. The Kevolution baby. They haven't got stuck with Adam O'Brien. They're stuck with a fucking nerd. A fucking nerd (laughs) is their coach. Actually, two. They they got Seabold down there too. So, do do they even know how many comps Kevy won? Yeah, how's all those soapy footballs going for you, Seabold? There's there's no pride in their jersey. I tell you that much. I mean, Uh, you know how much pride is in our jerseys? We sold out Indigenous jerseys in a day yesterday. It's how much pride is in the Broncos jersey. So what happens when you win four games in a row? The the Kevolution happens again, baby. Kevolution to Electric Boogaloo. The boys are back. (laughs) Uh, from Dan, will you both be attending the inauguration ceremony for King Reynolds in the Olympic City? King, is that after Kevy's death? I mean, is that have we passed it down, father to son, or something? What are we doing? I, here? I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Wally, he can get out. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a king spot open in the rugby league right now. The person feeling it is a goddamn fraud. So King Reynolds, that, that that's potentially. <laughs> Uh, uh, from Adrich, uh, which position would we need to recruit another elite player to make us a solid top four team? Hooker. We already are Hooker a top four by, team. By yeah, exactly. Not solid, man. <laughs> another one. Hooker. But dude, isn't the worst now when you look back? Like we dropped games over the last couple of years, but in in that Warriors game, like... You go, you're like, look, what if they just played Tamari Martin at fullback that day? Yeah. Didn't just throw throw Flegler back in. Well, they just did that and we see what happens. But you like, know? Rooster's game Corey, too. Yeah. And Corey Pakes plays and Perman Perman doesn't play, you know? We'll probably we, win that game. We never should have dropped that Roosters game. Like Joey Manu was the only good thing that happened for that team. And, yeah, and the dickhead he ran through <laughs> at fullback three twice. Yeah. But yeah, mate, isn't it funny that we joked all this time about Kevy trying to find tameless spingo and he fucking hit it? <laughs> Didn't know you could actually win the lottery. Yeah, but I'm worried. I'm just worried he's going to change it. So mate, the idiot tax paid off the lottery, mate. You know, if you just keep buying tickets, <laughs> it'll it'll happen. Um, will Dave or is Pakes any chance of being an 80 minute hooker, or is the weird rotation with Kevy's son the way to go? No, mate. No, I would love Pakes to be like Tom Starling. You know, have a competent hooker. And then Pakes play forty to fifty. He, you know, it's one of those things that uh, you guys, people have watched it, but really watch him when when we're we're defending, and you'll see he doesn't get pushed off off much, but he gets put on his back like by the ball carrier all of the time. And it's a genuine concern for rugby league teams, right? So Hooker does that for eighty minutes. It's, you know, in the middle of the field, there's one guy getting owned if you want to run the ball. He does that already in like fifteen minute stints, you know. Over 80, he's going to be gassed. And I know it's been the knock the club have had on him since, you know, for a couple of years. And I work on that, but he's not ready to play 80 minutes at hooker. And I know it sucks. I just wish, I just wish the guy who was starting was just average, not bad, yeah. you know. <laughs> we got bad, that's what we have. And they are, they're definitely waiting for Blake Moser, the, um, the 18, 19, 18 year old hooker, but it's still like, 
let's just, you know, just like with Tamari Martin or even Tyson or Kelly or Reynolds, let's just have a competent adult. Can we please sign an adult? Moser can come. It'll come. Um, from Johnny. Uh, assuming everyone stays fit, do you see Tessie or Turpin getting back into the team this season? <sighs> yes. I don't like the answer I just gave, but yes. I don't I think just, they're giving up on, on Tess, Tessie like we have. I, I Even if everyone is staying fit, I just think as soon as you lose a game or two, Kevy's just going to change stuff up. So It's really hard for me to believe that Turpin can play Queensland Cup every week from here and not play in a role at some point again. As you said, even if you lose a game or two, it could be Pakes drops out, Billy drops out, or, you know, all it takes is one of those spine guys to go down and either, any of those will be back in. Like they'll get the rest will shuffle. Uh, from Jeremy, is the Cavalution finally happening? Yes. It is in front of our eyes. <laughs> and I tell you what, he's starting to believe too. Because watch the press conferences. Oh, he's, he's so not a different. giddy schoolboy anymore. Yeah. He's like, oh, we're pretty good, aren't we? <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yeah. Just, not like remember, that surprise, happy face you have them when they win. Remember that few weeks ago when he was throwing blue power out at the press conference? Yeah, they blew up here. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's funny because the press conference got much better with Adam Reynolds generally answering the good questions. But it looks like Uncle Kev's on for the ride. Co- <laughs> Coach um, Adam's got this sorted. Yeah, well, touching on that here from Corey, he said, is, is Reynolds the best captain coach in the NRL? <laughs> he, Mate. I, I, I don't know. I can't believe Adam isn't doing like 98% of the coaching. Yeah, I also think up there, like I've heard really good things about Matt Ballon, who they hired as an assistant over the offseason. And someone's done some good work with the defense. So I wonder if it's him. But I, like, do... I, I don't believe we joke Kevy's there for the vibes. I lit, I don't believe he does anything except like, guys, how good right. was the 90s? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, they, like, you know, that's Tyson Game, what Kevy tells him to do. And he's like, oh, mate, just run the ball. Yeah. Coaching, that's... baby. Yeah. <laughs> just coaching, come back yourself and run, you know. But, We've said that the coaches like Kevy, they can work in the ideal scenario. They're not the kind of coach you'd want for your club long-term because like Ricky Stewart, right? Ricky at the Raiders. When things are running well, got the right team, good support around them, you know, guys from forward. He can, he took them to the grand final, you know, and Kevy, when things are, when things are going well on the field, he hasn't got tough decisions to make. People like the, the fellas love him. You know, he's a fun dude, you know, nice coat like that. You know, there's vibes there. Yeah. And like Wayne Bennett's the vibes king, honestly. He is the vibes king. He hasn't had a tactical bone in his body the last decade. But, you know, that's how you can survive if you do that. But, you know, I sort of think he's the long-term Broncos coach, Kevin, you know, for four or five wins. But it's it was never that it, it couldn't work out. It looked like it wasn't going to, that's for sure, though. Uh, last one here from Chase said, no need for questions on the pod. Just have Reynolds chip and kick on repeat. Mate, uh, just do it. <laughs> you, you demanded me. I'm making you intro today yeah. as well. Maybe um, I, have to. I just, before I closed down Facebook, I was looking at the about section on our page here. Just twice weekly Brisbane Broncos fan podcast. I think we need to update this because it's been about four years since that. No, it, after, it'll update itself. To computers <laughs> do things these days. Uh, I, yeah, like, I, think... I, I like still calling it weekly because it kind of annoys people. Well, <laughs> see, like, do you remember when calling it weekly used to annoy people because it was t- 
two a week, Twice not a week. one a week. And then people were yeah. like, the name's wrong. And now it's weekly the other is way. Weekly is a state of mind thing at yeah. this point. You know? It's all it's all it's all weekly and those six vibes. Yeah. It is. It's yeah, exactly. And and then changing a name for a lazy podcast is an effort. <laughs> you know, I have to go I know. We're, things. we're too lazy to record. I'm definitely too lazy to change go into the settings and change the name. And like then I've got to do get on the jack mate. and like redo that logo Lobbins, again. Yeah, and, and Dave Fafita is still on our like banner. Banner yeah, images. <laughs> it was well two years to be back on there anyway, mate. It's all right. Yeah, then it will be relevant Maybe. again. You, rec- you reckon he just locked himself in Suncorp on the weekend, and then and he yeah, cried like- and Justin Holbrook made him leave. <laughs> I had to like hose uh, him out of the dressing room, probably. Do you reckon he actually yeah, gonna- will, will leave Titan soon? Everyone just seems yes. to hate on him there. Yes, mate. Well, why wouldn't you, man? Like, okay, we've, I don't want to really go to defeat the discussion the whole time. Yes, everyone, okay, we can all agree he's overpaid. Yes. Everyone knows that. He's still the best That's, player they have. Correct. That's not his fault. They knew what they were signing up for. They knew they were overpaying him. Remember, they kept putting the money up. It was like they offered 800K and we're like, okay, well, we'll give him 750 is best. And like, well, we'll give him a million. And the Broncos like, okay, 750. He's like, okay, 1.2 million. <laughs> but yeah, uh, of course he was never going to have the full value on the field because it's like impossible. It's the same shit, mate. Like Milford was... When he got a million for us and sucked, that's all we ever heard about. But like, people like never like really stop and think about this. Is not also every signing is just about the on-field product. Like, you cannot tell me that Carmichael Hunt and Israel Folau lived up to their AFL first contracts. They didn't like as far as purely on-field talent, but like. Carmichael definitely did as far as like media and promoting the club and everything else in like rugby mm-hmm. league state. And Carmichael Hunt also earned a second contract. So he was also still a pretty good player, better than Israel Folau. Just yeah. mentioning that. Mate, though, 100%. Like, I'm with you on that on, on that regard. And they're signing for feeder. And one of the issues with their club, mate, is them, they think about us a lot more than they think about anyone else. Yeah, it's an issue with the Titans in general, and that's like the Broncos don't think about the Titans; they think about the whole competition. You know, we can meet everyone; they can meet with us, but they want to strike a blow with us. That happened, but also it really helped them with the other recruitment and retention decisions, and play and bringing players in and getting guys to stay. And they fucked it up from there, you know. <laughs> Not for yeah. Fafita. Fafita didn't decide to pump the captain this off season. You know, Fafita didn't decide to go into the season knowing they're letting the captain go to go in. With two fullbacks, no five eight, one half back, and maybe half a hooker. You know, he didn't decide to go sign Isaac Liu when they needed what we said spine players, or they could have really fucking used a back rower because they had Kevin Proctor, Firmore, and Fafita. Like all that shit, not his fault. But you're the million. Apparently, when you make a million a bit dollars, you have to make them win games. And the my favorite examples of this stuff is like remember. Ben Hunt went from the best signing ever his first year at the Dragons, you know, to the worst signing ever a year later, to now being a good signing. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason Tavolo went from best forward in the world to this whole offseason media saying they should they should punt him to four weeks later, I haven't heard a fucking thing about his contract. Like, like I just Fafita's think- contract is not why the Titans fucking suck. 
I mean, like we said before, we're down too low on the Broncos for weeks and now we're definitely too high on the Broncos. Yeah. Is that definitely happens in the media with a lot of players. And like, for example, on the Tamalolo one, it's like, mate, he's put together a decade of some of the best football a Ford has ever played. Like maybe just believe in him still. Yeah. And you know what, if they got rid of him, they'd what someone else would pay him like 800, 900 K. Oh yeah. yeah, That 100 K is going to save the Titans. You know, that'd be, but like, yeah, hundred percent, mate. And then they just—they've got other contracts at that club that are fucking dreadful, and you don't hear a fucking word about them. <laughs> like, I, same thing like, when we had Milford's one. It's like, yeah, like this, like you know what? The Joe O contract's probably pretty shit. You know, yeah, Milford's a shit, but you know the Joe O and Flagler ones are pretty shit. Don't hear a word. Rugby league media too is terrible about a player could be paid nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars yeah. and be. 50 times worse than somebody paid $1 more than that. And all you would hear about is the million dollar man. Yeah. And people are oh, paying players a million dollars doesn't work. It's like every if they're good. has, yeah. It's like, like people think the guys playing for the storm play for fucking, I don't know, like food scraps. <laughs> yeah. Like it gets reported. They're getting paid. Like, like we heard them resign for like, you know, Jerome Hughes, like 900 K nobody gave a fuck. Like, Yes, he's like they're worth it. You know, Ryan Pappenhausen, eight, nine hundred K, whatever it happens. But you, you see those things and nobody cares at good teams. And then, yes, Fafita is overpaid. Yes, but he's by far and away the biggest issue at the Titans. And they're fucking losing because of it, too. And I think it's nah. one of those things that, you know, we've been through this before with players, but what's one million or 1.2 million compared to eight, nine hundred K if you're fucking miserable? Yeah. And he looks miserable. He'll be, he'll be, come home, son. Just do it. I reckon he's, I, I, I reckon he's one of the ones the Dolphins will get. I really do. Like everyone keeps saying about everybody, but I really think he's one of the ones the Dolphins will get. So we just won't, we just won't pay him, mate. Like, you know, if he wanted to come back, and I heard where he wanted to come back last year, we probably would have found a way. But we, yeah. like, where does he fit in, fit into our plans from here, mate? They've paid, like, Piakura's career hasn't started well with injuries. But they pay Piakura, you know, 400K or whatever. He hasn't even bloody played. They've got Ricky and Capel still got two more years after this. Like, where does he fit into those plans? Fafita would be a great signing for the Dolphins, though. Like, they need oh, someone. He actually would be. They yes, need some, a, a name like that. Yeah, and with a coach with a fucking sack who wouldn't just let them be. Like, the way the media got about Fafita and Holbrook says nothing because he loves the blame shield. Like, Wayne would be firing up every week at this shit. Yeah. Anyway, I know Holbrook gets out of it easy because then nobody's talking about him. Yeah, mate. Rightio, Twitter from Nick Ryan42. Should the Broncos chase hard for Munster? Hell yeah. They won't won't get him. Uh, Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. He's, in my mind, this is just like Cameron Smith. You hear about it every year and it just never happens and it's just not going to happen. It was just nice for me to hear that actually, like through the, the hat in the ring at least, but he's one of those guys that like, I don't care who we have coming. You know, I don't care how Tamari's going. I don't care who, like, if ever, as it means, it'll be awesome, whatever. I don't give a shit. You know, you so, if you can sign Ken Munster for a reasonable deal, you sign Ken Munster. Yeah. You know, he's, and then he could be fullback or 5'8", eight, but 5'8", eight, please. Uh, Corey Goats, who can we realistically keep off our off-contract players? Okay. Well, like, I, I think we keep Oates. I hope so. Like, isn't it funny? Well, the Dolphins always been a joke from the start. The way how short lead it's happened, but like, 
they still really haven't like signed a functional, like a, a competitive first grader. They've got guys that other clubs haven't fought that hard for. That's about it. No one, no one really wants to go there. So like, on that too, though, everyone's saying they're going to be last. I 100% would not be shocked if they win like eight games. Oh, neither, mate. Like there, there will be by next preseason, they'll still have, I think they'll start making some better signings, but I think they'll get to that period, you know, towards the end of the year where clubs, you know, there's a guy who has got a year left and he wants the clubs let guys go a year. I think they'll get yeah. a couple of players that way. Um, and they'll still get some handy players. I think there's some that are going there that we just haven't thought, like we know Milford's going to end up there, you know, and I think Turpin's going there. And I don't think Turpin's a good signing, but I know that we those things are probably going to happen, you know. The late, they've signed Edric Lee. I don't love that, but I saw in Twitter room and I choose to believe this one. They're going to sign Branko Lee, which would be fucking, that's like, if you, if that's a test, they should be, they, it's like, honestly, if they fail this test, they should be punted, the Dolphins. Because if you sign Branko Lee and let the club that has Herbie free up funds to keep Herbie, you don't deserve to have an NRL license. Like- Sign Herbie first and then sign yes, Branko. Then take Bran- yes, exactly. <laughs> if you sign Branko first and then we keep Herbie, the yeah, NRL should turn their license. Yeah. It's like, you know, but, Send them to um, Perth. I, you know, off contract this year, like there's all, this, all the Cobo talks around, but he's not off contract, you know, and he'll get extended. But off contract this year, we have Herbie, uh, Delaware Toyota, uh, Ryan James, Albert Kelly, Reese Kennedy, David Mead, Corey Oates, Keenan Paliasea. Jake Turpin, Billy Walters. So, okay, firstly, Billy's not leaving. Yeah, not he, would, he would play for like league minimum still. Yeah, that's it. Billy's not leaving. Uh, Keenan, interesting one. I think they should let him go because, not because they should let him go, but because I already heard the offer he turned down last year. And he turned down, so Manly offered him when they took Bullymore. By the way, haven't I, I forgot he exists. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but but Keenan Polly said they they, he, they said they the man they offered him two fifty a year but for three years and he didn't want to take that deal because like for th- he 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 thought he'd get better and yeah. he has played well this year and Brisbane don't really need to pay him three hundred plus so I think he'll will lose him and that's okay you know he's in his late mid to late twenties and we have other forwards um Dave and Mead please just go. Uh, Ryan James, I'd like to keep him, but it doesn't really matter if he plays or not, you know? Yeah, there's not too many people in that list I actually care about keeping. Yes, it's Herbie and Corey. Yeah, basically, yeah. Like, you know, Albert Kelly can go, even though he looked really good the start of the year, you know, he can go. Uh, Reese Kennedy can go. Hoyter can go. It's like Herbie and Corey. And then next year is Cobbo, but they talk about Cobbo so much, you'd think he's off contract now, but he's not. Um but yeah, her, I, I do think I think they can keep Herbie, but I'm not sure. I, like even though I really want to, I'm not sure it's the right call. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you know, when they're playing well, it's easy. But you really don't want a back line where like listen in the past when we're like, where the fuck's all that money? And it was we pay like a hundred forwards. It's like now. You know, when you, you don't want to have like, say, Selwyn's on 700, Stag's on 700, maybe Herbie gets 700, you know, Reynolds on like 800, and then fuck knows. But you're all of a sudden like, where the fuck's the, the salary cap gone? You know, and maybe if they can get Corey Oates to stay for like 250, they can get Herbie. If you can get Herbie like 550, sweet as. 
Yeah. But, Sounds yeah, good. I don't know. I hope so. Oh, those are the ones I care about. I, I think, and I think we're a good shot of keeping Herbie. The market for him has grown because his footy's got better. But if he was really set on leaving, he'd have left. He'd have left already. You know, he's signed already. Yeah. See, we said that also about Fafita, though. That's different, though, because his offer got to one point two million dollars. It did, but like, <laughs> and, we, and we will lose. Oh, like Herbie, if there's a team that can pay one point two million dollars, yeah, Dolphins I mean, have not the, spent any of their salary cap. But that's the thing, and he still hasn't gone there, mate. Because people like. I think he, he may end up there and it's likely ends up there. I'd say he's like 70, 70% gone, 30% chance of staying. Like if there's a chance of him staying though, Eels are chasing him, but it's like, do you really want to be that got first guy who goes to the Dolphins at this I, point? Yeah. I also, I'm never really that scared about Sydney teams taking out players. Like how often does that actually happen? Mate, we just like, like people want to. This is weird because we, we were so bad players started leaving like that. It just didn't happen to us in the past. We lost good players always, right? but not like every year. Uh, people, like the people you get at the Broncos, they still kind of want to live there. Like you get people going to the Titans because they can still not move yeah. house. Like they can stay with living where they are. Or And then Redcliffe is like, even closer. Like, Yeah, or like didn't want to go back to the Cowboys, but whatever. Like one of those funny ones at Cowboys, again, the little brother thing, you're trying to feed us about Tom Dearden. We don't care. Yeah. We don't give a fuck. All oh, yours, baby. Shame. I'm happy he's doing well. Yeah. What, what a shame we signed a better player. Oh, we signed the best halfback <laughs> in the comp. What a shame. Yeah. What a shame. Like, because if he doesn't do that, we probably don't chase Reynolds. No. It was you know? literally so, like one domino happening and then the next. Like, yeah. So he can go, mate. None of us care. But, you know, he's, he's gone. He's, that's fine. But yeah, like, you know, we lost him and we lost Coates like, to Melbourne. But you're right. Most of the guys we lose, it's very rare that it's like, and, Reese Hoss went to New Zealand. He's insane. But um, most of the Which guys don't he, generally head south. He's still not even been to New Zealand yet. He hasn't. He's gone to the Sunshine Coast. He ha- <laughs> now, see, he's on land. Surely he's a dolphin. Yeah, he does. He just doesn't want... You can tell he doesn't want to actually live in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Another, another player we'll stop hearing about, mate, because he's actually not as good as he looked last year. Because the rules aren't stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been as high on him as literally everyone else seems to be. Same. So. Mate, I have those fights all last year. He's a good young player, mate, but he's throwing cutouts and when the team's on the top, when the team's on top, it's like, okay. Yeah, like every footy was broken. Every gun player that comes in throws cutouts for three weeks and then they start getting picked off as intercepts. Like, yeah, they do. Yeah. And look at um, Sam Walker, like his first three weeks after he debuted, yeah. like throwing Harbour Bridge and I, passes and then now look at him. Like, mate. The fucking origins bullshit last year, mate. Like, and people like and that's that's um that's slowed down thankfully this year. But like, he was going to play Origin last year. Oh man, I think I've got more hopes for Origin. This isn't an Origin podcast, but with Billy there, it's not. And then he's going to have all I'm, his mates there. I've just, I've just got more hopes now. No, Queensland's going to be all right, mate. I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. next one. We've got to keep this moving. i got to get up for work in like four hours. Yeah, okay. So, okay, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up soon. We'll wrap it up. <laughs> there's, oh, shit, there's a lot of pot questions here, but whatever. Uh, Corey goes again. Which tattoo is Simo going to copy from Adam Reynolds' body first? He's got some bad ones. <laughs> I, I've like never seriously considered tattoos because like any of my hobbies, I don't stick with them long enough to like 
actually still like that tattoo in like a year's time. Um, yeah. But I am thinking about one. I saw this idea, which I thought was pretty cool. It was like a paw print, like an ink paw print of your dog. I was like, something like that for Alfie could be pretty cool. Which yeah. that's that's not a tattoo Adam Reynolds has, but no, I don't know. Like, I'm with a, you. Like it's hard. Yeah, a dog's not something you're gonna like end up hating in two years' time and wish you never got the tattoo of it. So, I mean, Adam Reynolds is not like a good tattoo person. He's just a tattoo person. You know, yeah, he's, like, he's just got all the tattoos. Yeah, and he's got some sh- absolute fucking shockers. The he's other got, option, he's got post him, doesn't he? The other option could be is like if if we win a premiership this year, just get like the Broncos jersey tattooed on my back and then oh. number seven. <laughs> That's better. I remember when I was um when I was a teenager, I always thought I'd get a Broncos tattoo. Thank fuck I never did that. Obviously now I only it doesn't even cross my mind. But it could definitely happen pissed post your grand final. What the good look could be. You know you see those tattoos where there's like the skin peeling back and there's like the robot mechanics and wires and stuff underneath. Yeah. You do that, like all the skin peeling on your back, and then underneath is the Broncos jersey with Adam Reynolds and number seven. I was so obnoxious this weekend, mate, that someone could have called my bruff and made me get a Kevolution tattoo, and it might have worked. Oh, man, imagine if you got hashtag Kevolution. Kevolution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's on them for like not realizing how drunk you were and would actually have gone through with that. So yeah. that's drunk. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't even the beer, mate, it was the vibes. Just high on, on, on um, From James K. Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior Kevin Walters and the forthcoming evolution that is upon us? I do. Uh, I do. We've had about an hour of moments. You know, know, you know what? Um, so Campo likes yelling this with me, but we yelled this about 15 times on, on Friday night in, right in each other's faces. Like he'd start yelling it across the pub, across the night. We'd walk at each other yelling it. And we were yelling, you can murder liberation. Terry Liberator, but you can't murder Liberation. You can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. And you can murder the Kevolutionary, but you can't murder, murder Kevolution. Then we start screaming at each other, I am a Kevolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing that, like uh, screaming as loud as I could. Hence why half the voice is gone, but it was, I am a Kevolutionary in, in the street, uh, in the pubs, in people's houses. So, yeah. The, bit, the, bit, the thing I love too is like, it. Yeah. Obviously, all weekend is the saying, like, oh, yeah, there's the, feel, the 06 fives around the place. And then, like, yeah. oh, the, the people are saying it, like, the word is around, you know. Yeah. And then I saw on some like random Facebook post from someone. It is there. I'm and then they're worried. like, they're like, oh, it feels like 06 vibes. And like, it just reminded me where, like, I spent like two years saying I look like Ben Hunt. Yeah. And it was just where, like, you say something so much. And then we're at that pub in Sydney. I don't know. I can't remember the name. Some pub. Strawberry Hills Hotel. Yeah, yeah. And we're playing pool. And then this guy's like, are you Ben Hunt? And like, just like this guy on Facebook was like, did just remind me of that. We're like this random person has just repeated what has been said like a thousand times. And they have no clue that what they're saying. Yeah. It was in the YouTube comments of the highlights. Yeah. yeah, Someone wrote, (laughs) this is amazing. (laughs) But yeah, like that's, that was honestly, again, Campo was started that with me. And I was saying it to everybody on like Friday night and people were laughing at me. And Saturday morning, Sunday. I was saying to people, and like and a couple of people said to me, no, no one's saying that, only you're saying that. And then by Sunday, I heard other people saying it who I don't even know who the fuck they are. I'm like, oh my God. What's and so, happening? Like, this is how propaganda starts. 
Uh, like, yeah. But when people talk about like watching sport in Brisbane, like it, it, the city feels like way smaller than it is in that like, like I've seen, it's probably it's a bit different magic round, but like I've been down for like big games in Brisbane, and then when you leave the stadium, like the music is blasting everywhere, like Broncos music, and people walking down the streets, everyone's singing. Like it feels way smaller than the city is because you just get those vibes like that happening. You do, mate, and and like that's what I was saying to people about magic round. It's like it feels like you're in, as you said, you're in like magic round universe. You know that little couple yeah. of kilometer radius is like you're in this part of the world and nowhere else is like that part of the world right now and it's its own little hub and it'll be what happened that weekend is there you know and you'll have the same experiences as different people who went there who you never ran into because it's just like this little hub of this little little world it's hard to explain hey but when you're up there you get it and that's why there's 06 vibes around the joint because everyone was saying it <laughs> yeah uh, from Eddie and Eddie asks if he can get a vibe check. It's just 06. <laughs> Baby, you 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 go down go, you go into Spotify now. You write in so fresh 2006 hottest hits the summer. Yeah, mate, you cruise. You, you you do that. You pop those in your ears and you, mate, you actually no, you go online, you download that CD, you burn that CD, you go into your car, you pop that in, and you just go go cut laps, mate. You go do manies windows down and you let some spider bait you know some shannon Knoll, some u2 franz ferdinand all that kind of garbage you let it go so i just looked up so fresh the hits of summer 2006 it's not a good it's not a good cd <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible number one mariah carey we belong together uh pussycat dolls don't you is there these boots it wasn't are a good year for music it, it wasn't a good year for um, music Bon Jovi's best song here is Have a Nice Day. Mate, Joel Turner and the Modern Day Poets made it. There's a throwback. That is 06 Vibes. Uh, Switch by Will Smith, like his 20th best rap song. You know, the Rogue no Traders were still a thing back then. Yep. The other Bloodhound Gang songs on there. Not, uh, not the Bad Touch. Foxtrot yeah, yeah. Uniform, Charlie Keeler was on this one. There's a Britney Spears song called Do Something, which I don't know the name of that song. Here we go, so, yeah, Shannon Noll, Franz Ferdinand. Anthony Kalia. What an album. Akon's on there, mate. Asha. Akon <laughs> and Ben Lee there. Oh, good Charlotte. I just want to live. There you go. There's oh, a, on the replay. There's a song I know of as well. There you go. And then photographed by Nickelback. That's, that's a banger. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Great album. And then the, the autumn edition that year, the Sugar Babes are on there. Oh, gas, gasolina as well. There you go. There, um, there's your vibe check for you, Eddie. Right, yeah. From Scooter underscore D9. My favorite Broncos teams of the past would have been 98 and 2015 sides. I want to know from you what your favorite Broncos sides of all time are. So Six. you've got, he's got, he's got favorite sides that didn't win anything. Like obviously 98 did. 98 did. Yeah. 2015, he said, right? The other one. That side was so fun, though. It was. I mean, I liked it a lot too. But it was also that side, not the same vibes as right now. But again, it was after being pretty average for a while. Mm. And you always have an affinity to a team that was good again at the start. Like this team. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, um, I think 06 is up there for me. Because that period, that, that period team with the Broncos, they should have won more comps. 
They didn't. They should have. And things went wrong almost every year. And that year, they still went wrong. We won the comp with Hodges at fullback, Stags in the centers, Shane Perry in the halves. And then still surrounded by guns like Webke, Lockyer, yada, yada. But that that was just a, that was yeah, a good I, year. Comps are hard to win, so. Yeah. But it was just that year. Because like, I loved that era Broncos. So we all did. Not just 2006. But it kept happening to us, mate. And then it was like, I don't remember it was. Just after Origin, we lost like four or five on the trot. And you're like, fuck, is this like the same old shit is happening again, you know? And, uh, you know, Carmel Hunt gets injured in the Origin period. And then Boyd goes to fullback. And I can't remember which game it was, but they put Hodges at fullback. And then the run begins, you know? Like, like you know, around 22, 23. So Hodges goes to fullback. And then it's like, that was it. It was fucking awesome from then. And that team... Like when they replayed the same thing next year, the team could never be as good again as it was for that period. You know, Hodges started the round one at fullback the year after with Hunt at halfback. You can't catch lightning in a bottle twice. No, just the vibes were just there. That They were there it's, the first time. Yeah. I mean, you know, they didn't win last year, <laughs> but like how South played back in the last year, that team could play 300 games together and they never play that well again. Like Blake Tar fucking sucks. But Wayne Bennett can get five weeks out of you. Yeah. You know? And he got like in that run there. It's like we, yeah, he went, we went to Melbourne when Hodges set the run made his record. He's back at fullback. Then we fucking pounded the Bulldogs, beat Para. They run like six of our last seven games, lost the first final. <laughs> but, you know, had the Bulldogs come back, the 50 point win in Newcastle in the finals, and then winning the grand final with a bit of referee interference over the storm. Like, don't, don't talk about team. that one too much, though. <laughs> right calls yeah uh, from Jared underscore underscore S what do you think our ceiling is this year top four question mark <sighs> am I going to be the person who says fourth is I know, like I think I think top four is the ceiling but what Not your ceiling two, is and, and what is realistic is different things here it is it's also one of those things you know when people rate like oh I've got the top five halfbacks in the comp they say whatever you know yeah it's like, well, you can say five, but the fifth one's so shit, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, you can say top four, but really the competition is the top two. And, and then, then like some other people. <laughs> yes. You know, so like the Cowboys if, sitting third now. We could, like, you look at the teams on the ladder, like, we could finish fourth. If, if everything went right for us, which is like yeah. what your ceiling is, you know, yeah. I could see us ending in fourth. I, I don't think it's likely. No. I... This point, whole final was my dream. At this point, I would be expecting fifth or sixth, like with how we've been playing lately. I would be expecting that, and seventh or eighth would be underperforming what I think this team will do. Yeah, well, in in two thousand and six, we were fifth in, until we beat the Bulldogs at the end, and we got into the top four. So maybe that run is coming, maybe. But uh, I'm, I'm with you. Like, it doesn't really matter for top four. You know, to, if we're not, I want fifth or sixth. Like, I've already committed. I have old man commit too. That if the Brisbane make the finals and host the final at some goal, we're going up for it. You know. Yeah. So I think so, I want to get down to before Magic Round happened. I used to try to get down to two or three games a year. Same. And then same. That kind of stopped when Magic Round happened because I just Look all the funds, mate. All my money <laughs> on that one weekend. But so, seeing as I missed that, I'm, I'm want to try to get down around about week seventeen, twenty-ish, somewhere in there. 
and then yeah. with the idea, like I think there's a good game late in the season, but I, it's like it would be too close to then turn around and go back down two weeks later if there's a finals game. So yeah, trying to aim for a couple of weeks, a couple of months before the finals to yeah also make the finals if we if we have a home one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, from Scooter underscore D9 again. Do you guys think long-term our six is Tamari Martin, Gamble, Mam, or Kelly, or do we go to the market for a, a marquee signing like Munster? I don't know. <laughs> like, obviously, well, if they can get Munster, they should chase Munster, but I don't know who the long-term six is. I don't is. think it's Gamble or Kelly. Neither do I, but I like for once that... So I actually like Tamari Martin, and I like Ezra's potential. I like for once it's not going just through a list of terrible footballers. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not too fast. Uh, Cameron Anker, who is the best winger in the world and why is it Corey Oates again? God, it's good to have him back. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. Uh, Big Jim Queensland, spare a thought for how much better the Broncos should be if Albert Kelly was still running around and the contest it will create against the group when he's fit again. Who's out for him and where does he play considering how good Reynolds is at making his teammates go? Mate, I don't know if Kelly gets back in. It all depends how they're going at the time. You know, he's he's not good enough to be an auto back and to decide if they're still winning in round twenty. I don't think we see him play. Yeah, but then you lose two games in a row, and if he's fit, yeah, he'll be back in the side. Mate, as I said, I, I like I don't. I honestly like. I think they'd probably put Tessie or Turpin back in before him, like do one of the dumb shuffles of Billy to six. You know, or Tim Tamari one to six and move the other ones around. I don't know if we see Albert play again this year, even though he's playing really well. Yep. Uh, from Levi0296, do you think Blake Moser will be ready for first grade mid to late next season? I don't know, mate. Like, he this looks really far question. away. Yeah. He looks really like he had a much better year this year in, in the 18s, but physically, he looks really far away. You know, and it's not like he's coming in to play uh, in the backs or anything. Like, if he comes in, he's playing in the middle of the field, and he looks like he's hasn't been in the gym yet in his life. You know, uh, and he's he's a bit weird shape for a hooker as well. You figure that out, but he's long and lean and thin, and I don't know, mate. I don't know how he developed. You know, sometimes you see these dudes like one off season they come back as a ball of muscle and ready to play first grade. Everyone's different, but Drums. I definitely think they obviously have in their mind. They, I reckon they have in, his, in their mind he'll play first grade next year. Uh, from JPE, do you think the side plays better as underdogs? No, I think we should have been the favourites the last two games. So, and should be, and I thought we beat the Sharks. I just think they just. I don't think they think about that at all. Let's be real, you know. You probably think about that teams when they go into games. You probably think you're the underdogs, you know, Storm Panthers, whatever. But they didn't go into this game thinking, oh, we're $2.40. You know? Uh, from Space Trains 2, is this the best we've played since Bennett left or am I overreacting? Yes, by some distance. We haven't played. Like, we didn't ever played well. Like, no. Since Bennett left, we haven't played well, mate. When we, when we won those game, games on the Seabold, enough made the finals. We almost never put a good game together. I think the Parramatta win we had was like that one good performance we had like all year. We... Literally, like three weeks in, it was like Chris Gary being like, I'm at training. It looks amazing. Everyone give it time. Trust like, us. <laughs> like, trust the process. And then it was like, remember, South had a slow start to last season and then they clicked in like week nine or whatever. And it's like, 
it, it literally just started bad and didn't get better. We, we, we didn't score over 30 points the entire season. No, sorry, we did once over the Titans. But yeah, they never, like, they, they won games, but they never looked convincing that year. You know, and they made the finals in that little run where they, like, beat Cronulla, drew with the Warriors, remember the draw, and then beat the Bulldogs. And that put us in the eight for the first time. You know, and then we got, and then we had, we shouldn't have made the finals, but you remember everyone else who was trying to make the finals just lost their games. Yeah. From us underscore Tedder, uh, what's better at the moment, seeing Cobo run length of the field to score or Adam Reynolds kicking game? I can't answer that. They're both glorious. And God, like those things, I know you can see it on TV and we all know, but those things at the ground, like every single one, you knew it was a try instantly, you know? When Reynolds put those kicks in, you can see, because you can see from where you are better than on TV, you can see like Cobo's going to get to the right spot, you know? Yeah. And then the full field one, obviously, you knew he was the fastest guy ever. But yeah, it's just great. No, no, nobody got it. Like, oh, this is a try. Those, I think, full field tries are just way, way better at the ground, though. Like, oh, they are. They're insanely better at the ground. Some TV, they don't look like they're moving that fast. So I remember I've I've talked about this thirty eight times, but the two thousand sixteen Cowboys game when um, Milford made the break and then passed to James Roberts, and like. Yeah. The moment Milford made the break, like you can see there's nobody ahead and it's James Roberts getting the ball. Like, you know, it's a try like 70 meters away. Whereas on TV, you just never know if like there's somebody back there or someone's cut across. Like, you, they're just, they're way better to watch at the ground. <laughs> they are. Like, it's something like when I went to America and went, like, basketball, you can see a lot of it on TV and appreciate it. When you're in America, right, and you watch NFL, you don't understand how impressive, like, long bomb throws are until you see one. Until you see like the actual ball look like it's heavy and like you see its whole entire arc and like the size of the person that launched it. You're like, how the fuck did someone standing like in my size down there throw this thing in the air like 80 meters? You know? It's like sometimes you see, like I've seen one of these with Rogers where like they have like a, a super wide camera and then they also have like a ribbon tracer on where the ball went. Yeah. And then you see this like, arc that like almost is in the rafters of the stadium and then it's like Mate, comes down like the roof 70. In Detroit. yeah but like to actually see that and like have the arc on the screen like yeah that's yeah that's it. and the same thing like fulfilled tries you say in person they look good on tv too but in person you just feel seem to see the speed more you know you see rather than it's the big what like the angle on tv like intercepts on tv never look that good they look amazing in person yeah but uh, last one here from Reese Brown, 14. On a scale of zero to 2006, how are the vibes? <laughs> that, as, that should have been at a scale of like 06 to 06. Uh, yeah. Like, no. See, and that's the thing I know, that 06 vibes, I was saying it in person. I, did, I tweeted it a little, you know, and I said, like, actually, well, actually, I look back at my Twitter time. I tweeted it like 20 times. That it's like 06 vibes in the joint. But it had already caught on. It's a thing, you know. It's going to grow beyond us. Someone else will claim they invented it in a few weeks. I won't care. Like 14 nil dickhead. That was you. But that was, everyone else did a story when they heard it. Well, it was you. It wasn't It we, wasn't really us. It was the drunk Manly fan that was yelling yes. it. But we were the ones we that were there. Yell. Yeah, I'm saying <laughs> yes. But it felt like your story to me. Oh, it was. Because <laughs> you enjoyed it so much there. But I, yeah, that's it. And then yeah. this became a thing. And then whatever. But that's fine. I'm happy for it to move on and live elsewhere. But. 
The funny. I'm just glad it resonates with the people, mate. That's what I'm. That's what I'm happy that 065 resonates. The funniest part about like those kind of things is like you're five years removed from it, and then you tell someone's like, "Oh, I was there literally day one of it," and no one will ever yeah. believe that. Like, yeah, that someone was the there at the start. The, yeah, until I tell the actual story, it's like, no, like this is exactly what happened. <laughs> like, because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Fourteen nil dickhead means nothing. Yeah. People were just saying, you know, this is what happened because, like, a guy. Okay, for people at home who don't listen to things, it happened a few years ago. It was the magic before it was Magic Round. It was double headers, man. Yeah, it was Titan Storm and, and the Manly and Broncos Manly double header. Yes, and um, it was the Storm fan, right? He yelled at. That was it. And yeah, yeah it was a Storm one because we we celebrated the Titans winning because they had that ridiculous finish to the game. I did, and then we were celebrating yeah. that, and then. We were also feeding him about um, like cheating at the cap and like yeah. having two and like just real basic stuff. But it was just yeah. getting to no it. No one was trying to yeah, no one was trying to attack this Storm fan. But after we were celebrating Titans, he turned around and started yelling. Like it wasn't just us. Like a big Bay of Broncos fans, he was getting mad at essentially. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then we were down fourteen mil. Yeah, so Manly started winning, and there was like two Manly fans beside him, so he just joined in, which is also hilarious because like the history of those two clubs. But he yeah. just decided he was going to be the world's biggest Manly fan for the next eighty minutes, yeah. And just every try, like turning back, feeding people, yelling at people, and then it goes to halftime, fourteen nil up, and he's and just he's yelling fourteen nil, fourteen nil, yeah, and he's just like fourteen nil, dickheads. And then like but two I, minutes that, into that, the second yeah, half, yeah, yeah. Tommy Turbo gets injured. And it all ended for Manly. <laughs> yeah. And we go and win. And the guy behind us screams the top of his lung and holds it forever. 14 mil, dickhead. Oh, right, yeah. And, and, and that's where it came from. So he just screamed 14 mil, dickhead. And that guy sat down, never said another word. Oh, man. Because, like, yeah. the guy he the guy beside us or behind us or whatever, he, he was saying it more than we were. Like, obviously, yeah. everyone's enjoying the day. But, like, we score a try to make it 14-6 or 14-4. I forget what yeah. goals we were kicking, but we score a first try and then he gets up and is screaming out 14-0 again. And then we score another try and it's like 14-0. Like, just keep yelling out this 14-0 dickhead. Like, oh, that's, that's some 06 vibes that night too. Some, some good vibes. But it's funny too because, like, in people's minds, it's like every time it's 14-0, the score gets reversed and, like, the other team wins. It did happen, like, eight times in a row. But it's like the only yeah. eight times it's ever happened. Normally, like every yeah, other time, it, it just has not happened in years, really. But it just after that night, it happened a bunch right after it, and now it's just in people's mind that you don't want to go fourteen up. Yeah, and that's it. And the those things vibes thing, I I, I I don't know who's. I believe Camp. I said it to me first. That's how I believe said it to me first. And that's that's it's got no no great story. All it was is I said it to a thousand people, <laughs> and it's now a thing. <laughs> no, it's the hell of it, and we'll see. And maybe other people were saying it too. People come to the same conclusions. It happens, but I'm just glad that it resonates with the people and it's growing. Yeah. Anyway, we should. You got to go to sleep. Yeah, I got to start at like two thirty in the morning. So. It, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Well, anyway, work. that's it. That's the podcast. I don't even know how we say bye on this anymore because we don't. I don't know, know how we say bye. Oh, did you have a recommendation station? I don't. Real quick. Okay. Well, I have so Elden fresh Ring. That's all I have. Summer hits. <laughs> summer hits. 2006. Uh, yeah. Right. Up. That's my recommendation. Okay. See you later, everybody. Cool. See ya. That's the way it's going to be, little darling.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 